Hey everybody, this is Johnny Sanquist from Three Crowns Copywriting and Marketing. And Tori Hoppy from OnRamp Invest. And this is an all new Taco Tech. Hey everybody, we are super excited. For our guest today, we've got Andres Mazabel. He is the head of advisor solutions over at Trust and Will, a modern estate planning solution for advisors. Andres, thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Hey, so to kick us off and get us started, just give us a lowdown on Trust and Will. How long have you guys been around? What are you all about? How do you work with advisors to make estate planning better? Yeah, absolutely. We started a little bit about four years ago. And really, at the end of the day, our, our mission is to make estate planning more accessible to families. Uh, there's a big problem that we're after, and it's the fact that more than 60% of families every single day have no planning in place. And specifically with advisors, Johnny, what we're really helping advisors with is, is one, helping educate their clients around the importance of estate planning. And then two, I think really for the first time ever is providing an advisor with an affordable and modern option for client for a client that maybe doesn't have a very complex need when it comes to planning. Andres, I think you bring up a great point of 60% of families not having a plan in place. Uh, I feel like this is a spot where advisors really need to start digging in and taking that by the reins and, and making their clients more aware of estate planning uh, and making sure that this underrepresented space uh, starts bringing light um, to planning in general. Like we always talk about budgets and and um, portfolio management, but we never really talk about the estate side of things. I think death really scares a lot of people. No one likes to talk about the, the bad side of you know getting older. So I really appreciate your firms like you guys coming out and, and giving this the space it needs and the voice that it needs. With that in mind, how do advisors kind of start taking that first leap and getting estate planning into their practice management? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I think that's that's a great point you bring up. And, and before I answer that question, what I want to highlight is, is what we continue to see, both from a consumer expectations and then also from, from an advisor, I think technology has really provided consumers with very easy way to invest on their own if they wanted to. I can, I can log in online, I can create an investment account, I can answer questions and I can get invested. But I think there's still a big gap in terms of like helping a family navigate through various different uh, stages of life. And I feel like that's where advisors are really starting to hone in on. It's not investment management. It's really the planning side of it. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the conversations around death that many people don't want to, to have because we want to put it off as much as we can. An advisor has, can add so much value in the relationship by, by one, bringing awareness to it with education. And then two, Tori, what we really continue to see is that or families really want an advisor to hold them accountable. There's been various different studies and, and one of the top five reasons why a consumer or a family is usually hiring an advisor is for that accountability. So 
long-winded answer, but at the end of the day, what we, what we really help with this is, you know, we have kind of a playbook, if you will, for, for an advisor that wants to commence a state plan with education, with checklists, and then through the tool and the platform that we've actually built out, it's a way that an advisor can introduce a client to trust and will. They can track their progress. They can see when a client starts, when they finish. They can actually view their documents. And then also something that we always talk about, like ongoing value add. Think about this. I, I you know, my client completed my, their estate plan through trust and will. And now a year later, we're doing an annual review. And in that, you know, in that last year, let's say my client had their second kid as an example. I can actually see the last time my client updated that estate plan. So obviously, as uh, I, I don't have any kids, but I, I, I have heard that uh, your first year, you don't sleep very much. So think about exactly. it in a way, you know, yeah. your client, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, I, I can it's attest. it's like 18 years, but yeah, It doesn't on. stop after one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so think of it as a way as, as a, a new parent, uh, you probably have forgotten to update your estate plan because you had your second kids. So think of it as a way that you can ongoingly add value to say, let's make sure you get your, your updated estate plan. You haven't done that yet. So um, I'll just say it's, it's just a matter of one, bringing up the importance and then two, just making sure that the clients are actually getting it done. And I, I love that idea of accountability. We all need and want that in our life. I think especially like where we're all sitting in our, in our lives right now, it's so easy to kind of pass things on off and not really deal with anything. Um, and the ability to be so accountable is important, right? And having that accessibility right in your hand, hand is really, really important. I think I've said it time and time again. I am the person like, you need me to log on to my, but if you're able to send it to me on my phone, whether that, you know, is a link or a text message or whatever the case may be, like I'm more likely going to get it completed for you in a timely manner. So I love this idea of accountability. I also love the idea that, you know, you start planning estate planning early. There's a lot of yeah. things that go into life that people, you know, don't take into consideration. Uh, I mean, I have many examples, even for my, I mean, I not, haven't gone around the sun too many times, but I mean, buying a home and, you know, having kids and going through medical stuff. Like you don't think that all of this is going to happen to you in your twenties and thirties, but it quickly, quickly comes up and you have to realize like you kind of need a plan in place. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think at the end of the day, we, we, life just gets very busy and we have so many different things that we have going on. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's one, the advisor helping provide the accountability. And then also two, through the platform that we have, is also empowering that family to make updates, make changes, have reminders to say, hey, make sure you fund your trust and all that good stuff. Andres, one of the things I've heard from advisors about maybe why they haven't gotten into estate planning as part of the financial planning they do is maybe just like concerns about uh, some of the legal requirements and that side of things, um, you know, staying in compliance with everything that needs to be done, you know, like, does an estate attorney have to be involved? What's the level of involvement? Maybe they don't feel connected on that side of things. How do you guys help kind of bridge those gaps and make sure that advisors are educated on all the things that they have to be doing and that that is just a smooth process through from start to finish of building out those plans? 
Yeah, I'm so glad you bring that up. That's a great question. Uh, one, I think advisors historically have not been very proactive when it comes to estate planning. And I can say that from experience. I spent 13 mm -hmm. years in private banking. And really, I think at the end of the day, it's you know, the, the old school way of you know, having your center of influence, having a couple attorneys that you're referring out to. But really, at the end of the day, one, and a financial advisor shouldn't be an expert in estate planning, right? Obviously, we work with a ton of CFPs that have very good experience with estate planning. Mm -hmm. But I just want to throw that out there. We, we don't expect an advisor one to ever make a recommendation in terms of what type of product in the estate plan they should you know a client should actually be choosing uh they can lead with education and then obviously it's it's the clients to empower themselves to make the decision or to seek legal counsel so want to want to start off with that and throw it out there because that's something that we hear a lot from advisors is how much do i need to know about estate planning and then really really too from there john it's just a matter of you know what what process do you have in place? Meaning, and this is something that we help a ton with when it comes to implementation. If you have a new clients that you're onboarding, how do you ask if they, you know, are you setting up a trust account? How are the accounts titled? Obviously, that's going to give you some information right up front in terms of, you know, what type of estate planning do they have in place? And then really from there, I think it's just a matter of the, the, the cadence in your review meetings that you have with your clients. We have many advisors as an example that have kind of specific quarters or maybe a specific month that they really focus on the estate planning from an education perspective and then also from an accountability perspective to really make sure that, uh, that the clients get it done. But look, at the end of the day, we have advisors that want to be very involved, meaning they'll actually help the clients with a checklist that we provide them to make the decisions to fill out who's going to be the guardian, how do they want distributions. And that just helps in, in, in one, I think really better understanding your, your family, your clients' values and priorities when it comes to how they relate to money and their loved ones, which is really important. And then two, obviously, they, you know, clients actually, you know, go through the process, they get it done. We have some advisors that are very involved in the actual process that the client's going through. And, uh, and then from there, you know, we have, we have many advisors lately that we actually built, and this was all based on feedback from advisors, but advisors said, trust and will, can you help us build a way that we can access the documents? We would love to review them, obviously, with the client's permission. And we've done that. So, so once I actually complete my documents, I can send over a unique link to my advisor, and they can actually view the documents. And we are starting to hear really successful stories from advisors that are starting to have family meetings, and to really start implementing like legacy planning. And what that's actually solving, there's, there's a ton of studies around this, but this is this is this should be a very big alarming fact, and 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 that's there's there's a couple, but one ninety percent of the time when a family or or a or a client passes, those assets ninety percent of the time leave the firm. So what does that tell us? Is that is that I think historically advisors have been focusing on bringing over that client, focusing on that client, 
but not really diving deeper into who's named in your plan. Who do you care about? Who is this money going to pass on to after you pass and building relationships, building, looking at it from a, from a, how can I deepen the relationship? And then I think if an advisor really does this um, correctly and accurately, it's actually a way that they can organically grow their book of business as well. Yeah. There's so much conversation about the great wealth transfer, right? Like yes. 70 trillion, however much is going to be. And there's, um, I mean, that's a, a really tangible way for an advisor to start making those connections uh, in the, in the, like you said, or a more organic way than for them to try to like get this introduction to their clients, kids. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, that was my second point. I'm super, super glad you brought that up. I mean, the, the great wealth transfer it's uh, expected. Yeah. In the next two decades numbers we've, we've had, it's about, you know, 30 trillion. I know you mentioned a higher number, but at the end of the day, we are going to be facing the biggest wealth transfer we, we've really ever seen. So it's a matter of, you know, what can an advisor do? One, right up front, just to add peace of mind. Um, won't dive too much into my background in banking, but I can just tell you firsthand the pain that families actually go through when someone's actually going through probate. Uh, I'm based here in California and I can tell you that probate in California, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I would have to open estate accounts that the money would be locked in there for close to a year now with how backed up the, the probate and it's expensive it's really expensive so really at the end of the day just you don't want you don't want your clients to go through that i i, I can assure you from from firsthand experience mm-hmm. i love that we're bringing up this great wealth transfer because i think it's a common theme that we see on many of the podcasts that we have had and guests on the show and it's you know again it touches every single part of the advisor's book of business whether we're talking about estate planning or um account openings. Um, in my role, it's really starting to you know, think about the transfer of wealth in their crypto assets. It's touching every single piece of their book of business, whether an advisor wants to, to accept it or not. And that wealth transfer is going to be incredibly hard for the advisor to keep up if they're not willing to adapt to what's coming towards them. Mm-hmm. And so I love that every... Totally piece of our business is starting to look at that. I think, again, I think a lot, a lot of this space is a little slower on the uptick and they just kind of have this assumption that you and I are going to stick with the advisors that our parents are working with. But if those advisors aren't taking the necessary steps to A, tuck mom, dad, grandma, grandpa in the way we feel that they should be and to bring in that technology to make our lives easier, they're in for a rude awakening. And not that I want to wish that upon anyone, but I'm like slightly excited to watch it happen. I can totally agree with you on that. I think really at the end of the day, as an advisor, we have to be able to adapt and be relatable. Yeah. Right. So who are we serving? Well, who is the type of client that you typically want to work with? Uh, we have many, many advisors that are focusing on, you know, for example, millennials and kind of that younger wealth. 
And, you know, I fall in that category. I, I, I love, for example, doing my taxes on TurboTax. I don't know why. Just I love the technology. I love the empowerment that I feel. Yep. So it's just a matter of like, you know, as an, as an advisor to you, you know, what are your, your options? What is your tech stack looking like to really be able to be relatable to the crisis? And I, I love that you nerd out about um, doing TurboTax. I have been doing my taxes via TurboTax since I was like 18 years old on Super Bowl Sunday. Like it's just the way I have worked. Um, so I, I love this transition now. It's starting to get a little harder for us to use TurboTax. Like I'm going to be really sad the day that I have to give up my tradition. Uh, but I'm glad that there's another nerd out there that loves doing TurboTax. I can totally relate. <laughs> I'm getting stressed just thinking about taxes. <laughs> so let's, should we move to another T word? Tori, yeah, a yes. much, a the, much the more enjoyable Yes, <laughs> I agree. Um, so, Andres, we always end these conversations with our favorite um, topic of tacos. We know that you had a fabulous week um, in Mexico for Thanksgiving. We saw your tweets about the incredible food you're having. So I hope some of those make your top list. But we'd love to hear. Uh, I know you also are in Southern California. So, um you kind of get the best of both worlds because you get to not only enjoy like Southern California food, but you also got to travel. So please hit us with every favorite taco spot that you have. Oh, yes. I love that question. Anyone in San Diego, the taco stand is probably one of my favorite Mexican restaurants that has amazing just carne asada and al pastor tacos. And I think they have like three or four locations in San Diego. So that's high on my list. And that's one of my favorite places. Um, so I will say I love them too. Um, I, I can't get enough of their tacos whenever we visit. Um, so super glad that that is your top choice. Um, and El Pastor and Carne Asada is the way to my heart. So just, you know, if you needed to know, just FYI. FYI. Care packages. <laughs> Care packages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else could you ask for in life? Right. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't, you can't get better. I love just like the simple name, the taco stand. <laughs> it just feels right. You yeah. can't get it wrong. <laughs> so good. Well, Anders, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. We appreciate everything that you guys are doing in this space. Again, we love talking with our friends, making um, changes in the world. Uh, we know that finance can take a long time for things to take off, but watching you guys grow over the past few years has been incredible. So kudos to you guys, all of the growth that you guys are having. We can't wait to keep watching. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. Everybody right, listening, hit that subscribe button. Come back for more tacos and more tech. We'll see you next time.